patterns of the kingdom. And what we talked about last week was that the kingdom of God is full of mysteries. Amen? I see everybody getting their notebooks out. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I started by saying that God has secrets. God has secrets, and the secrets of God, he only reveals them to those who are close to him. And the secrets of God are revealed as mysteries. These mysteries are just all over the Bible. God will always hide truths in what he's talking about. When he's talking in the scriptures, never just take what God is saying on the surface level. There's always a truth and a principle behind whatever God tells us. And so we talked about that last week and I gave you all an example that there's a mystery even in a woman. The Bible calls them the mystery of the woman. And there's also a mystery in marriage as well. And we talked about that last week. This week, I want to also talk about some other things I didn't get a chance to talk about before I actually go into the mystery and the pardon of thanksgiving. Amen? Can you all hear me well? Amen. So we talked about the fact that these mysteries, these secrets of God, God puts them down as patterns. And these patterns have to be followed for you to get the benefit of those mysteries or the secrets of God. And these patterns are either laws or principles in the Bible that you have to follow. And you have to follow them exactly the way God lays them down. We are not at liberty to change the principles of God, to change the patterns that God puts down for us to follow. God says, two shall live, a man and a woman shall cleave together and they will become one. You can never make it a man and a man. You can never make it a woman and a woman. God has laid that principle down, and if you want to benefit from that, you have to follow God the way he put it. Amen? And then I was going to tell you today about an example. I'll give you one example of a pattern that was given to uh, the children of God, and they followed it. And also patterns that were violated, and you will see the examples here. The one that was violated, we'll see that in Genesis chapter 4, verses 2b to 7a. Now, Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the first fruit of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. Now, I want you to notice what it says. It says the Lord respected two people there, two things. Both Abel and his offering. That's very important that you take note of it. But the Lord did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. Verse 6 says, So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? That means that God had spoken to them about how to give a proper offering. That means God had instructed them what he wanted. 
And Abel is the one that did that, exactly what God did. And that's why God said he had respect for Abel and his offering. So when you follow a pattern that God has laid down, be it a pattern for marriage, be it a pattern for overcoming, be it a pattern for recovery, be it any pattern, if you follow it, God has honor for you. God has respect for you as a person because of your obedience. And then God also has respect for whatever you do. And that's what brings the results that we desire. Amen? So that was the first violation we see in the scriptures that man did not follow the pattern that God gave to them. Now, let's see how a pattern was kept in the life of Moses. We are going to read Exodus chapter 27, verses 8 to 9, and then I'm going to... Uh, uh, jump up to verse 40. Verse 8 says, And let them, God giving instruction now, He says, Let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them according to all that I show you. That is the pattern, right? The pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all its furnishings, just so shall you make it. So that means when God was talking to Moses, when Moses was with God in the mountain, God gave him specific instruction on how the tabernacle was to be built. The pattern was given to him. And in verse 40, and verse 40 says, And see to it that you make them according to the pattern which was shown to you on the mountain. Now let's go down to Exodus chapter 40 and you'll see what happened when Moses followed the pattern. In verse 16, he says, Thus Moses did according to all, not some of it. Moses did according to all that the Lord had commanded him, so he did. Which means the same thing. When God gives you a pattern or or reveals a secret to you, or there are so many of them revealed already in the scriptures. When God reveals it to you, God expects you to follow all of it. All of it is very important. You need to follow all of it. And verse 33 says, And he raised up the court all around the tabernacle and the altar and hung up the screen of the court gates. So Moses finished the work. Then the cloud covered the tabernacle of the meeting. And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. What does that tell us? That until you do the pattern that God has revealed, until you follow the pattern of the secret, you will not get the glory of God. Amen? So today, that was a summary. Today I'm going to go into the mystery and pattern of thanksgiving. This week is the week of thanksgiving. But as believers, truly, every day of our lives we should be thankful. Every day of our lives. There are two words that can change your world. Two words. Can change your world, can bring supernatural power like you've never experienced before into your life and into my life. And what are those two words? Thank you. Thank you. Those two words have so much power. Especially when it's directed towards God. And that's a mystery that we are going to talk about this morning. So that you can understand that this week is not the only week you should go to God and tell God thank you. 
that God expects and God waits for you. You will see that in the scripture. God is actually waiting for you to come back and tell him thank you when he does anything for you. Amen? So what is the meaning of thanksgiving? It means an offering of praise. It means an offering of gratitude or appreciation. And it can be done here privately or in your own, corporately or in your own home privately. I'm always amazed that someone can be, I know I, people talk about different personalities. Not so many people like to, you know, be exuberant or, or jump or, or but whatever. But some of those people, when they are watching a football game, they don't sit down like they do in church. You're just watching a game, they will paint their stomach and put all kinds of things around them, and they are yelling and screaming, but when they come to church, they do that. And for us that are jumping, they are thinking we are crazy. But let me tell you, when you know how to be appreciative, when you have gratitude in your heart, when you truly can think about what the Lord has done for you, you cannot sit and do this. That is just the truth. You cannot. And there's so much power. There's so much blessings. God has packed so much into those two words, thank you. But for some reason, it's the thing that we don't do. It's the thing because the Bible says in 2 Timothy, it says that in the end, in the last days, men will be unthankful, ungrateful, no gratitude. Everything is my right. It belongs to me. So why do I need to tell you thank you? We see that all over the place. Children are not grateful for what parents do for them. Parents are not grateful for what children do for them. It's not just the children. We're all guilty of this. To go back and say thank you. No matter how little it is, somebody does something for you. Thank you. Go to God even when things are not going good. Find something. There's always something to thank him for. Always. Why do we give thanks to the Lord? Before I do that, David, when you read the Psalms and you see how thankful this man was, no wonder God called him the apple of his eye. Everything, when I was doing this study, almost everything was in the Psalms. David was a thankful man. Let's see what he says in Psalm 69 verse 30. He says, I will praise the name of God with a song and I will magnify him with thanksgiving. In Psalm 69, uh, Psalm 119 verse 164, he says seven times each day, seven times each day, I thank you for your righteous judgments. And then in Psalm 119.62, he did it seven times a day, but then he also said, at midnight, I will rise to give thanks to you because of your righteous judgment. So when you look at that, you're saying seven times a day, he goes to the temple and he says, thank you, Lord. Then he goes home, he goes back again. God, thank you for your righteous judgments. A third time, he goes again, seven times in a day. Even if the temple was by his house, the fact that he got up seven times to go to the church, all he went to do was to just say thank you. And that that wasn't enough. At midnight, he woke up again to tell God thank you. And you must say, what is God doing for this guy? 
God must be blessing him and pouring blessings on him. Let's read the scripture. Psalm 119.61. I just read Psalm 119.62. I just backed up one scripture, one verse. He says, the cords of the wicked have bound me, but I have not forgotten your law. Then he says, at midnight, I will rise to give you thanks. Most likely, he woke up at midnight because he couldn't sleep. Because of the pain and the anguish and the problems he had. But when he woke up, he didn't complain. He didn't murmur. He didn't blame. He woke up at midnight when he possibly was not able to sleep. And said, God, I give you thanks for your righteous judgments. There is always something to thank the Lord for. There is always something to thank him for. The fact that you are in your right mind, <laughs> that's enough to thank him for. Amen? So why do we give thanks? Why is God, is God so wanting us to just thank him? Why? Why? The first one is, without thanks, you cannot even enter the presence of God. Psalm 100 verse 4 says, enter his gates. The code to enter the gate into his presence is thank you. If you don't say thank you, you aren't entering. He says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. So when you stand before God or when you want to go into the presence of the Lord, your first thing must say is thank you before you present to him all your list of all the things you want. The first thing you must do is to say thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you already have done for me. In heaven, the code to tell God you want more is to say thank you for what you did for me before. If you want more, you will say thank you. And we're going to see some scriptures about that. When you tell God thank you, it makes God feel valued. Psalm 50 verse 12 to 14, 12 to 14 says, If I were hungry, I would not tell you. That's God speaking. For the world is mine and all is fullness. Will I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Offer to God thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High. So more than the offerings we bring, more than all your service for God, more than anything, the only thing God truly values is when you tell him thank you, when you appreciate him. It makes him realize that you do recognize that he's your source and that you do recognize that he's the one that is doing and keeping you even alive and giving you all that you have. Just to say thank you makes God feel valued. Then the Bible says that it is the will of God for us to give thanks. You want to know the will of God? We all do. The will of God is for you to say thank you to him. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. He says, in everything, in everything give thanks. He says, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, when it says in everything, it's not saying thank God for everything. There are some things that's not from God. But your response is the will of God. How you respond to any situation is the will of God. And God is telling you, no matter how the situation is, 
No matter what happened, be it good, be it bad, be it ugly, be it on the mountaintop, be it in the depths of the valley, it is his will for you to respond to that situation by thanking him. And you know why? Because we don't understand what God is doing. Because we don't know what the plans he has. The Bible says he turns everything for good. And so because you have that confidence in him, because you trust him, because you know him, because you have history with him, even in a bad situation, you can say, Lord, this situation is not good, but I still thank you because I know somehow this is working together for good. Amen? It's a good thing to give thanks. Psalm 92 verses 1 and 2. He said, it is good to give thanks to the Lord. And to sing praises to your name, O Most High. To declare your righteous, your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. It is good. It is a good thing to be grateful. You all know if your parents here, even if you're not parents, if you do something for someone and they don't tell you thank you, you don't feel good. You feel that the person is ungrateful. They couldn't come and tell you thank you, even if it was something little. Think of God that every morning he wakes you up. You go to sleep. You don't know what happens when you're sleeping. But you know in the morning you wake up and you feel refreshed. He renews his mercies every morning. His goodness, he renews it every morning whether you were good or not. Isn't that enough for us to tell him thank you every day, not just Thanksgiving week? Amen? So what do you gain? From thanking God. This blew my mind when I saw some of these things as I was studying. You know that thanksgiving is the only way you can really be perfected and whole. Thanksgiving will perfect you and make you whole. Will complete you. We see that in the story of Jesus with the ten lepers. They came to Jesus and they were screaming. They couldn't even come close to him. Because they had leprosy. You're not supposed to be in the public. So from afar, they were asked, screaming, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us, son of David. And Jesus told them, you're healed. Just go show yourself. And as they were going, their leprosy was healed. Out of all those ten, only one, one. Only one came back. And the Bible says with a loud voice, he fell on his face before Jesus and he thanked him. And the thing that really, the Bible says he glorified God. And the thing that Jesus said really got me thinking. Verse 17 of Luke chapter 17. And Jesus answering said, were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? Out of ten, only one came back. Two things there. That anytime God does something for you, he expects you to come back. That Jesus was actually waiting for them to come back. And then the second lesson I learned there is that it's a ratio of one. Out of ten people, only one will go back to thank the Lord. And I said, Lord, please let us not be Those nine that God does something for and we don't go back to say thank you. Because that is a ratio. That out of every ten people God does something for, only one will go back to say thank you. That's why it says in 2 Timothy that in the end of days, people will be unthankful. 
So I want us to be very careful. Before you complain, before you say you don't have this and you don't have that, find something to thank the Lord for. Find something to say, Lord, thank you for, because when you actually tell God thank you, you've given him permission to perfect everything that concerns you, to make whole everything that concerns you. That leper, if you know what leprosy is, if you're in the medical field, you know leprosy eats, your, it eats everything up. We went to a leper colony, Shelley, when we went to Nigeria on one of our missions trip. You go see them, their hands, their fingers are all gone, some of them, no ears, you know, everything is eating up. Yes, they were healed. They didn't have any more of leprosy come on them. But I believe that their fingers did not get restored. All their relationships that were messed up because they were isolated, couldn't be in public, were not restored. The one that went back, that one person is the only one, Jesus says, your faith has made you whole. So he became whole and perfect. The effects of the leprosy, you wouldn't see it on him. So if he stood with the other nine, you would see a difference in him. The other ones were healed, but he was perfected and made whole. That is what Thanksgiving does for you. Don't ever go, uh, when you, no matter how bad the situation is. I remember the, I mean, I remember the night my husband passed. And inside of me, the song that came out was, Great is your faithfulness. And I was wondering, where is this song coming from? That is how we should, no matter how bad it is, find something to thank God for. This country, just the fact that you are in this country, you are the top 1% in the whole world. Even if you're earning minimum, even if you don't have a job and you're able to get food stamps to eat, you are in the top 1% of the world. And so when I see people that are ungrateful, murmuring and complaining all the time, it's something that as believers we must change. Find something every day to tell God thank you for. Every day. Amen? So he's the only one that was perfected. Number two, thanksgiving will guarantee restoration. Everything that dies in your life, if you know how to thank God and you keep thanking God, nothing dead will be in your life, I promise you. And we see this with Jesus when he raised Lazarus from the dead. The sisters, Martha and Mary, asked for Jesus to come because Lazarus, the Bible says, whom Jesus loved, was sick. And Jesus deliberately waited. He deliberately waited another four days before he went. And by the time he got there, Lazarus had died. And they came to him. The sisters were wailing and, and screaming. And why didn't you come? The Bible says he knew what he had to do. So sometimes in our situations, it might seem like God is late. You've been asking for that job. You've been asking for that spouse. You've been asking for a change in this situation, in this marriage. You've been asking God, when are you going to change this? Jesus heard you. But he might not come the time you want him to come. He will wait for that situation to really die. But that doesn't mean he doesn't love you. That doesn't mean he doesn't have a plan. 
And when Jesus went there, when he, when he went there to, to raise Lazarus, there were people all around him. When he said he, he's just sleeping, there were people all around him, probably mocking him and thinking, the one that's already dead, what does he want to do? What is he going to do to this one that's already died? But Jesus told them, he said, roll away the stone. And he raised his eyes to heaven and he says, Father, thank you. Because I know you always hear me. Can that be a confession too? That even when we are standing in face, in front of a dead situation, when we are standing in front of a, an impossible situation, when we are standing in front of something that has been bad, dead for years, can we still say, Lord, I thank you that you always hear me? That is very important. To realize that God hears every prayer you pray. That God is willing to turn every situation around. But what he's waiting from, from you is not to murmur. It's not to complain. It's not to compare yourself to other people. But to stand in front of that situation. And to say, Father, I thank you. That although I'm facing a dead grave. Although I'm facing something that is impossible. I thank you that I know you always hear me. And once he said that, he said, roll away the stones, and he called Lazarus forth. Your thank you is what we call forth everything that has died in your life. Your thank you is what we change every situation and bring restoration. But you have to be willing to do that. You have to be those that are saying thank you all the time. Amen? The third thing is, it guarantees, thanksgiving guarantees multiplication. One thing is one thing to add one plus one or two plus two, but when God decides to multiply stuff, it's amazing. And the Bible will see how Jesus, when he took five loaves and two fishes, if he added it up, it would have become ten loaves and four fishes. But God multiplied what he had in his hand. And the only reason that happened, let's read that story here. He says one of his disciples, Andrew, they had gone to talk to, to people who were listening to Jesus and there was a huge crowd and Jesus felt compassion. They've been with him all day and they were hungry. And he said, let's, how do we feed all these people, 5,000 of them? How do we take care of these people? And then one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon, brothers, uh, Simon Peter's brother said to him, there is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish. But what are they among so many? Lord, I have a job that is just paying me minimum wage. But I have all these bills to pay. What is this small job going to do with all these bills? But Jesus said, make the people to sit down. There are times when things are just overwhelming you. All you can do is just to sit. Sit in his presence. Just sit there and just say, Lord, I thank you. That this might not be exactly what I prayed for, but Lord, I thank you. The Bible says there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number, about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks... He started to distribute it. He started to give it. And in his hand, because he gave thanks, five loaves became enough to feed 5,000 men. They're not talking of the children and the women. 
Just because of thanksgiving, everything started multiplying in his hand. The hands that learn how to give thanks will never be dry. A man or a woman who knows how to give thanks, anything you touch will become gold. A man or a woman who knows how to give thanks, everything you touch will prosper. That is the trick for multiplication. For you to be a man or a woman who is giving thanks to God, even when it looks small, even when that marriage is falling apart and you're saying, God, but at least this is good in the marriage and you thank the Lord for that. Before you know, God will begin to multiply all that things that are good in the marriage. Amen? Five loaves and two fish was not enough to feed not only 5,000 men, but also for them to have enough to give, to carry. Jesus doesn't like wastage. And so when God blesses you, there's another lesson there. When God blesses you and multiplies you, it's not just for you, not for church to consume on your loss. It's for you to always make sure you have baskets in your hands, looking for who you're going to bless with the blessings of God. Amen? Hallelujah. Now I'm going to read Jeremiah chapter 30, verses 19 to 21. And I'm going to get the next things that Thanksgiving will do for you from these verses. It says, Then out of them shall proceed Thanksgiving, and the voice of those who make merry. And look at all the things that God, I'm going to just, that's why I underline those so you can, in your, in your mind, pick them out. The first thing he says, I will multiply them. We already saw that happening when Jesus took the fish and the, and the, and the bread. That he did multiply it. And he says, if thanksgiving proceeds out of you, God says, I will multiply them. And then the next thing was, they shall not diminish. When God multiplies you, when God builds you, when God makes you, no man cannot make you. Jesus told the disciples, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Following Jesus, following God, and following the pattern that he lays down will make you. And will not make you to diminish. Amen? He says, I also will glorify them. So that's where I got my fourth point from. That says, thanksgiving guarantees God's glory on your life. He says, I will glorify them and they will not be small. When the glory of God is on you like it was on Moses, remember? When Moses was in the presence of the Lord and the glory of God was on Moses, he had to cover his face because they couldn't look at him. That's why when you follow God and the glory of God is in your life, you look good, you look happy, you look content. Everybody sees you and they can tell there's something different about you. Because you're one who knows how to give God thanks. God says here, I will glorify them. God will not allow shame to be in your life. God will not allow shame to be in your family. God will not allow shame to be around you. He says, I will glorify you. Everything that concerns you, God will glorify them. Amen? Amen. Glory is honor. Everywhere you go, you're honored. Everywhere you go, some people defer to you. They want to hear what you have to say. Just by saying thank you. See the mystery? Just by saying thank you, see all the benefits that we can accrue. Just by going to God on a daily basis. Seven times a day like David, you wake up at night and say, Lord, I thank you. I thank you that I have a roof over my head. 
I thank you that today I went into my fridge, opened it up, and there was food there. I thank you that I've never had to go bail my children out of jail. I thank you that you've gave me a husband of 30 years. Some people don't even have, never married one time. And you gave me love for 30 years. Lord, I thank you that you've, you've blessed me. I'm healthy. I'm strong. By the time you, one hour you're thanking God. One hour you're thanking, just thanking him. And that's what we need to do more of before you take your list and say, God, see, do this for me. I've been praying. I've been asking you, see, if you don't do this, I will not go to church anymore. Isn't that what we do? I've been praying for a husband. Look, everybody's married. I've been praying. If you, if you don't give me a husband, I'm not going to be in church again. I'm like, God doesn't owe us. God does not owe any one of us. We owe him everything. Number five, thanksgiving guarantees nobility and greatness. In that scripture, in verse 21, it says that their nobles shall be from among them. People of influence, you become someone of influence. And you know how that can happen? I started thinking about it. Even in my life, when I think of all the really big things that have happened to me, it came from just either calling somebody to say, oh, thank you, thank you for what you did, thank you, or writing a little note to say thank you. Cindy works for me. We have a contract now, big, that's what I can say. That contract, I was called and given that contract that even doctors fight to get. And hand, it was handed to me on a platter. Reason why? Because one of the ladies, a vice president of that company, we went to lunch together one day, and I bought her lunch to thank her for taking the time to come and do stuff in my office to evaluate and tell us how to put things together. So we went for lunch. I said, no, I'm going to buy lunch for everybody. That lunch probably did cost me $200. But that contract that, is, that it gave me is worth millions of dollars. Just because I said, thank you. And I started thinking, I said, isn't that what it's like? You, when you buy something for a kid or, or your children, and they don't tell you thank you, when they come to you, are you going to give them anything anymore? No. No. If we can do that, how do we think God feels when he just keeps giving you and giving you and giving you, but you just never come back to say thank you. Oh, this job is not good enough. Oh, my husband is not good enough. Oh, my wife is not good enough. First of all, you married them. God didn't marry them for you. you he says whoever finds a good wife. He didn't say he found it. You found the person. Now why are you complaining? Look at me, I have only five minutes, guys. <laughs> number six. So, number five says, Thanksgiving guarantees nobility and greatness. It says there, their nobles shall be from among them, and their governor shall come from their midst. Can you imagine that? Just because Thanksgiving proceeded out of them. Amen? Number six, it says, it guarantees deliverance. That same scripture, Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 20b, he says, I will punish all those who oppress them. So if you have areas in your life where the devil has been oppressing you, where you've been going through different things, 
Deliverance can only come when you thank the Lord. Deliverance can only come when you praise the Lord. Remember, thanksgiving comes in praise and worship. We thank the Lord with exuberant praise in your private home, in the public, in a place like this. During praise and worship, don't worry who is looking at you. You, only you know what God has done for you. So when you come and you're dancing like a crazy person, don't worry about people. You're doing it as unto the Lord. Remember David? When David was dancing so high, the wife that told him, look at you, you're supposed to be somebody of influence, dignified. And look at you. He said, I'm dancing because God took the kingdom from your father and gave it to me. Not only that, God closed her womb. So be careful when people are dancing crazy. If you don't understand it, just look down. Because if you see anything wrong, you don't want areas in your life to become barren. If you see somebody praising God, the best thing you can do is just to zip. Because you don't know what they've been through. So if you can't join me here, please don't, don't, don't say anything about me. I know what I'm praising God for. I know what he's done for me. One day I was trying to complain. I was there trying to complain. God said, look up. And I looked up. My son was here. My other son was here. My daughter-in-law was here. My daughter was here. I said, God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Never had to go bail anyone out from prison. Thank you. Never had anyone get pregnant before. Thank you. Never had anyone wayward. Thank you. Hallelujah. says it will guarantee deliverance. Psalm 149, verses 6 to 9. He says, let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. So when you're praising God, you're actually like in the spirit, your praise is like a sword. The Bible says the word of God is a sword in your hand. The same thing when you're praising God, it's a weapon in your hand. And see what that weapon does. Verse 7 says it executes vengeance on the nations. So even if all the demons that form a nation come against you, that your praise is a vengeance against them. It says it punishes all the people. So all the angels in the ranks, all the demons, it punishing them. Verse 8, it says to bind their kings with chains. So your praise and your dancing and your thanksgiving, as you're doing it, the angels are chaining all, your, all the demons. The angels are, are, are chaining everything that is against you. Amen? He says, and they are nobles with fetters of iron to execute on them the written judgment. When you say scriptures like, oh, no weapons formed against me shall prosper. When you say that scripture, you know what makes that scripture to be executed? It's when you praise God and when you thank Him. Your thanksgiving is what executes all those scriptures. So you see why we cannot not give thanks to the Lord? You see all the benefits? He says to execute on them the written judgment. And he says this honor has all the sense. All of us have this. All of us can do this. Whether you got saved today and whether you've been a Christian for 50 years. It's an honor, the Bible says. 
For you to do this mystery, just praising God where you are, and in the heavenlies, all your enemies, everything against you, all the plans of the enemy against you, just by praising God, God is going around and binding them and destroying them, and you don't have to do anything. Isn't that a mystery? That's a mystery that the world cannot understand. That's why the Bible says it's foolishness to the world. It's foolishness to them that you can be dancing here, And God is taking care of everything that concerns you. Hallelujah. So from now on, on Sunday morning, everybody, we're all good. We're all going to come out here. At home, when you wake up in the morning, when things are really hard, put on some music and dance yourself. Until you're sweating, don't stop. It's not the dancing we do here sometimes. The one you can do at home when nobody's looking at you. That's what matters. It's so easy. The devil will always want to make you see everything that is wrong. You have to have eyes to see the good. You have to see. You have to see. Refuse to always concentrate on what is not good. Always concentrate on what is good. Because the more you concentrate on that mama, the more it begins to build and multiply and multiply and multiply. Until one day all you are seeing is good. Devil cannot come to you and tell you this is bad again because you've learned to pick out the good from the bad. Thank you, Jesus. And when you want to give thanks to the Lord, the way you do it is true testimony. If God does something to you, let people know. Will some people be jealous? Yes. But are you going to, because of people, not tell God and people what God has done for you? He says in Psalm 22, verse 22, I will declare your name to, your, to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. And remember, all of this were from David. Psalm 96, verse 3. He says, declare his glory among the nations, his wonders among all peoples. When you have something God has done for you, come here and, and give testimony. Adam gave one last Sunday that was great. Encouraged other people to hold on. That's what your testimony does. You give God the glory. He knows you value what he did for you, that you appreciate, and that you know from where your good came from. And then he encourages other people. You also give thanks by singing praises. Psalm 69 verse 30 says, I will praise the name of God with a song and magnify him with thanksgiving. Compose a song for God. All the songs we read, all this from David, he just composed them in telling God, thank you. Miriam did the same thing when the, the, the Egyptians were running after them. And the God drowned. She took her little thing and she started singing. He says, the horse and the rider have been thrown into the sea. She composed the song that we are singing today. You do the same thing. Compose your own songs. Dance to your own songs. And tell God how good. He's been to you. Amen? Amen. And finally, you just say thanks to God by giving offering, by giving a sacrifice to God. He says in Psalm 116 verse 17, he says, I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving. So there's a sacrifice of thanksgiving. Some families in my country, I know we do that. At the end of the year or at the beginning of the year, we bring a seed to the Lord and we say, Lord, this year, 
has ended or I'm starting a new year, I want to use this seed to tell you thank you for all that you've done for me. That's a seed offering. It's called the sacrifice of thanksgiving. So this morning, my time is up. I'm going to have the praise team come up here. And we're just going to find a song, fast song. You'll come up with something quick, Gemini. Something. <laughs> She's looking at me like, what? Yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot. We're going to sing, I went to the enemy's camp. And we're going to take from him a thank you that we've not been giving to God. That he has taken. We're going to take it from him. I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. Amen. We are going to sing that, and I want all of us to get up and thank the Lord. We are saying this week is Thanksgiving. After this week, now that we understand what Thanksgiving really is, let's not just restrict it to Thanksgiving period like this. Let us be people who are thankful. Amen? Hallelujah. Are we ready? Yes. I went to the enemy's camp, and I took back what he saw from me. Took back what he stole from me. Took back what he stole from me. I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. He's under my feet. He's under my feet. Satan is under my feet. Went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. I took back. Took back what he stole from me. Took back what he stole from me. I went to the enemy's head, and I took back what he stole from me. He's under my feet. He's under my feet. He's under my feet. He's under my feet.
You kept us, God. And you will keep us to the end of this year, my God. Father, we thank you for provision. Father, we thank you that we've never been hungry. Lord, we thank you that we can go to a home when we live here today. We don't have to go under the bridge, oh God. We have a roof over our heads. We have a car that we can drive. Lord, we say thank you. Above all, Lord, we thank you for salvation. We thank you for salvation. We thank you that our place is with you for eternity. We thank you, God, for your protection. We thank you, God, for your love, for your banner of love over us. We thank you, Lord, for our family members, for our children, for our spouses. We thank you for the blessings they have for us, oh God. We thank you for our church family, oh God. We thank you for those that are with us to raise our hands when we are down, oh God. We thank you for those that speak life into us, oh God. Oh God, we thank you. We are grateful people today. We appreciate you today. To you be all the praise. To you be all the glory. And the people of God said, Amen. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving.